Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined as usual by Obi and Chris. How are you both? Hello. I'm sweet. How are you? I'm good. good. Yeah, not too bad. It's a bit of a late one tonight, so excuse any yawning that might mm. come from particularly me and Chris. But, yawning? Um, <laughs> it's only like 9.30. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's 9.42 and... <laughs> oh, you, you're a pair of old uh, men. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we've got quite a lot to catch up on because we've not podded for a while. Um, but I guess one bit of film news or trailer news. Um, we had a, a trailer for What If, which is going to be the next Disney Plus show, um, seeing as Loki is concluded, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, so What If is an animation, anime style, um, and it's basically what would have happened if uh, Sharon Carter had become Captain, well, Captain Carter um if spider-man was doctor strange all those sorts of things so it's sort of what if this character actually had that function rather than the one that we've seen um so it seems like it's going to be an anthology so every episode will focus on a couple of different stories and characters um Mm. we don't know how it's going to feed into the wider um you know mcu if it has any ramifications for it i think we can discuss that after we finish discussing Loki. But um, initial thoughts on the trailer and how, you know, how it makes you feel about the upcoming series. Um, I'll go first. Um, yeah, I, I thought the trailer was pretty cool. To be fair, um, I think we this is the second trailer we've got on. I think, um, and yeah, there were some cool shots. I think there was like the uh, Avengers turning to Guardians of the Galaxy. I wonder how that's going to play out. Uh, it looks like. They're just taking different characters and putting them in different scenarios, whether it's like drastically different or slightly different, like of T'Challa being Star-Lord or like just even like um, Gamora, she's like wearing Thanos' armour and stuff like that. So I'm wondering what what implications that has or what implications. So like if T'Challa becomes um, Star-Lord, what happens to Peter Quill? Like what does he do? Like does his dad find him and he becomes like a uh, celestial, celestial? Or whatever mm-hmm. it is, something like that. But yeah, I'm just curious to see what what they're going to do with it. Um, I think because we were talking in the group about it being an anthology series, but then um, didn't it? Um, I think I think two characters they meet up. I think Captain Carter and someone else who's like a who's like an alternate character. They meet up. I think, or maybe it was just shot that way because it, it was different. But it looked like maybe they might be interconnecting as well. So I'm actually not entirely sure this is going to go but i'm looking forward to it and i would hope that it somehow does maybe not feed into phase four but like part of phase four i mean we can talk about that when we talk about like yeah the implications of loki but yeah i hope yeah. it does like you know sort of connect okay chris any any thoughts any particular characters that you're like oh yeah i'd like to see that one um Not sure, really. Never really thought about it. Uh, well, I haven't thought about it since watching it. Because um, there was like zombie Captain America, I think. Oh, zombie, nah. I don't care about zombies and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'm not fussed about zombies, though. I mean, Agent Carter becoming Captain America, that'd be interesting. Not really sure how that would work out, especially in the time period in which he became Captain America. But mm. I guess different timeline, anything could happen. 
uh, T'Challa meeting Iron Man again. Not one that I can really put my finger on how that would work Killmonger. out. But Killmonger three, yeah, that one. Uh, but I guess they'll work it all out again. Uh, if someone else became Hulk, that'd be kind of interesting. Um, yeah. I will say quickly while you're thinking, Chris. Like I am a little bit. I was a little bit like, oh man, when I heard um, Iron Man's voice and it wasn't Robert Downey Jr. I was like, ah, oh, it's not. Is it it's not? not? It's, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it isn't. I could be wrong, oh. but, but I'm pretty sure it isn't. Because it, sound, it sounded very odd. Most of the actors have lent their own voice to their characters. Yeah, but I think you've even got like obscure one like Stanley Tucci, who was in the first Ro- Captain America film. But Robert um, da- Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Are you sure? It says it on the what if bit. If you type in what if cast, he comes up underneath it. So okay. Although, I'll listen, listen back to that trailer because it doesn't sound like him. It might uh, be wrong. People might have just made this up. To be fair, it, I mean, he did. He did. If you typed in Black Widow into IMDb before it came out, he came up as one of the cast members. And yeah, but that's the only reason he came up up in that is because of the intro scene, isn't it? Because in the Marvel intro scene, they're all in it. I don't think they all. They wouldn't all appear in every one though. Because there was a, I mean, we'll skip into when we talk about Black Widow, but the producer did say originally they wanted Iron Man to be in it, um, but then they wanted Natasha to sort of have her own thing rather than being overshadowed, which we talked about when we were talking about Spider-Man Homecoming, weren't we? Um, About how Danny Jr. pretty much becomes a big focus. Um, But yeah, I mean... Most of you know, Hayley Atwell was voicing Peggy Carter, Chadwick Boseman before he passed away is doing T'Challa and Josh Brolin and Stainos and loads of people. So I mean Just quickly, Rob- sorry. Um, you know, according, uh, I just went on Wikipedia and it just says uh, Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, the collector, uh, Doctor Strange and Carol Danvers will be voiced by different people. I was gonna say I literally just I literally uh, just, I've gone on IMDB and he's none of those characters like you just said, like and characters aren't on there. But all the other people who are the characters are on there. Yeah. So they really were done after Endgame then, weren't they? Like, yeah, I, I respect it. <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> but then you've got, like, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in the, in the you know, at least a few. Mm. Uh, you know, you think, come on, mate. To be fair, he probably wanted bare pee. <laughs> so they were just like, <laughs> okay, allow it. <laughs> he probably wanted Because I imagine people, because the people who have left themselves out are arguably the biggest actors. Maybe Samuel Jackson is, is well. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, uh, and Benedict Cumberbatch, and Peter Parker. I mean, Tom Holland are probably like four of the bigger actors, I would say. Yeah, in the, uh, fair so. enough. But, but I mean, yeah, it'll be a, a certain, certainly a change of pace from Loki, and it will mean that all four, well, the first four C- series on Disney Plus would have been very different. Um, so let's talk about. Loki. I think the last time we discussed it on the pod was after the um, uh, Glenn, the plan. Sorry. It, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't want to interrupt you, but I just wanted to talk about one bit of news that I saw just before we get into oh, that. Okay. Sure, sure. If that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a thing saying apparently Netflix is going to add video games to their platform in 2022. What do you guys think of that? Mm. What? Okay, that's interesting. How? No idea. Yeah. Ugh. That's not a bad idea. Um, I guess I would wonder what they would be and whether we'd need a controller. But mm. I would have thought they'd gone into sports before that. 
Yeah, me too, actually. I mean, Amazon maybe Prime Video has got a fair amount, but... Maybe but sports is too expensive. Maybe, but Amazon bought the rights to some Premier League. I mean, you could pick up the French rights for about 10 quid, couldn't you? Yeah, true. Pretty sure true. I could afford those. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, interesting. I guess they're, you know, maybe they don't want to directly compete with Amazon Prime Video Sports and mm. think, oh, this is somewhere that these don't have. But, interesting. Oh, yeah, interesting to see what sort of titles they have on there and how it will all operate. But Chris, what do you think? You seemed a bit more negative about it. I just don't see the like what what We're just like how where. <laughs> like, no, oh. done, no platform's done that right. I mean, there's no. I mean, I'm sure Xbox have rights to some films and PlayStation have rights to some films, but like no one's gone from the TV to the gaming industry, have they? Seems like such a a weird direction. Mm. Yeah. I suppose Netflix I, are always like the they're like the pioneers, isn't it? So it wouldn't surprise me if they. Yes lead this movement and other people start to follow suit you know it's very annoying though you know like when i go onto netflix i can go onto my profile or chris's profile if i'm like if he's doing better than me on a game <laughs> go onto his profile i'm like fuck it up <laughs> that could cause a lot of arguments that would be but... funny that would be very funny that would be the netflix cancelled <laughs> yeah um oh and then that... um the only other news i'd say is what do we think of a uh, spider-man shooting several different end scenes i like the... it i like the idea because it makes that's... yeah go on sorry, go. i think it makes sense with tom holland's history of giving away spoilers <laughs> does he actually do that on, uh by accident though? i feel like it's on purpose. yeah it does yeah it's an accident He's a yeah like it, is gen- <laughs> like it seems genuine accident because people just look at him and he carries on for a bit, and then they look at him more, and he's like, oh. <laughs> and I think, was it Mark Ruffalo Then he left his phone on during the premiere of, like, Infinity War or something. Like, first 15 minutes were leaked via sound. <laughs> they're both, like, useless people. Yeah. Do you know what? If they do film multiple endings, I hope they release them on the DVD. Yeah. Did, did they for? It wasn't. Didn't they have multiple endings for Infinity War? I don't know about Infinity War, but they had a different opening. Uh, and different sorry, ending Endgame. Sorry. Oh, I don't know about Endgame either, but they had a different opening and ending for uh, Avengers Assemble, and if those were those were Disney Plus. Yeah, I watched the the first the the opening for Avengers Assemble is with um Kobe Smulders, isn't it? What's, yeah. What's her name? Maria something. Mm-hmm. Maria Sharapova. Um, I, actually, I actually quite like those opening and those alternate opening endings. I think they should have used them personally. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think if they shoot them, it would be a it would be a bit waste if they didn't put them on uh, on like a, the DVD as just like an extra or something like that. Yeah. So uh, the last time we spoke about Loki, I think, was the Lamentous episode, mm-hmm. where it was basically. Kind of a filler episode, sort of, where they were just on the train, mm-hmm. Snowpiercer style, catching up. What uh, the last one we spoke about? Yeah, it was episode three, yeah. Yeah. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> so, episode four was titled The Nexus Event, um, where they basically get a bit closer and their sort of romantic 
bond um, alerts the TVA to where they are, and that's the Deus Ex Machina for them to avoid being killed by Lamentis One, which we sort of discussed at the time that it was going to be something a bit, meh, yeah, um, disappointing. Um, but Mobius leaves Loki in a time loop um, with Lady Sif, which I thought was quite a nice cameo, considering she didn't appear in Ragnarok. Mm. Um, and then... Uh, Did appear in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That is true. Did she? <laughs> That's yeah. not canon. A couple, t- couple times, I think. Yeah. Um, then we find out that Agent C-20 died, which Renslayer says was from a mental breakdown, but they find... They're basically, this episode is a bit more that the TVA is a lie. Mm. Um, and then Renslayer takes Loki and Sylvie to the Timekeepers, which we can discuss about that in a sec, who all the, um, you know, they're going to get pruned, Loki and Sylvie. Um, but Sylvie ends up beheading one of the Timekeepers and they reveal to be androids. Um, and then Loki gets pruned. Um, and then... There's a mid credit scene, which very quickly reveals that Loki is not dead, but he's actually mm. somewhere else surrounded by other variants of himself. So that episode, cast your mind back. I know it was three weeks ago now, but how did you feel after that episode? I'm trying to think. Um, I think... Yeah. Go on, Chris. You go first. Go on, Chris. Go on. No, no, go on, no, go on. It's all right. I don't mind. Um... I liked it. I think I remember I liked the episode. There were a few things that I thought, oh, this is just a bit rubbish. So, like, for example, you leave episode three on a massive cliffhanger and then it's just sorted out straight away, pretty much, um, because they caused the Nexus event, which then the fact that they were like uh, Mobius and, and B15 and B15, they were staring at the monitor and it was like a mad Nexus event. So, like, it wasn't even like going up on a, like a branch. It was like going like horizontal horizontal or vertical 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 sorry um so you think oh yeah something this is causing something mad and then he was like have you ever seen a a branch like that and then they go and collect him and then that's that you don't hear about that (laughs) next event ever again which i think was is is silly to be honest with you that's a running Um, theme in this show by the way well well yeah um i like this the sif stuff um loki uh realizing um, he done wrong and apologising to her and stuff like that. That's good character development. That was good. Um, I liked all the stuff with B15 um, and her uh, realising that she had memories um, because uh, Sylvie touched her and then them going back to that planet, in t- where um, planet, wherever that was in 2050 and like it's a scene with the rain and she's crying and then she like gives her her memory back and she's like, oh, I looked happy. Like, what do we do? Like, I thought that was all sick. That was great. Um, I really like the actress who plays B- B15 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mobius. What does Mobius do in this episode? He finds out about C. Do you know? What? I actually quite like this episode quite a bit. Mobius finding out of like doing a little bit of sleuthing, finding out about C twenty and stuff like that. That was all sweet. Um, and then her pruning Mobius, I thought was good because I didn't see it coming at all. That was great. Um, but then you get to the bit with the the timekeepers who were just so obviously fake. Um, there was like zero tension in that scene for me. And Did then. That- Sorry to interrupt you right there, but did that scene not remind you of the scene in The Last Jedi when Snoke gets killed? And it was like all these big (laughs) bads, and then it's like, bam, dead. I suppose, yeah, a little bit. Well, I thought that, I just thought Wizard was. (laughs) But yeah, that's a good shout, actually, Last Jedi. Yeah. And yeah, I just think, like, that scene especially, I think the production value showed a little bit. Obviously, like, 
that helps you remember, okay, yeah, this is a TV show kind of thing, it's not a film. Mm-hmm. Um, which fair enough, obviously, there's only so much you can do in a TV budget, so I can't really bemoan them for that. But yeah, I just thought that whole, apart from like when they start fighting, I think the, actually, not even the fighting was a bit lame, actually, if I'm being completely honest. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then even the bit where Loki's about, to, the bit where Loki's about to admit that, um, I assume that he like, loves saving on likes or whatever, and then he gets pruned, I thought, yeah, that's a good, I didn't see that coming either. I thought, yeah, that's good, that's good too. But then I think they ruined it by showing you showing him being alive in the what's it yeah. called? Like right after. Oh, man, you could have saved it. Um, so yeah, it was bittersweet that episode for me, I thought. Chris. Uh if we're going based on solely the episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have to agree, like the the giveaway that he's still alive is pretty like rubbish in terms of like how you set up the episode and stuff one thing that gets me is that right so the, in the pruned world i assume that every every pruned entity is there right presumably uh, presumably unless they get killed yeah well we only see like loki's there right and bar mobius obviously as well there's it, a ship the, of people that arrive there and they all get killed yeah i think that in in episode five it sort of presumes that loki's are the ones that survive and Iloth kills all the others because they don't they say in episode five loki survive or something yeah, yeah. Somewhere like I, that. I, thought, I thought i thought the timekeepers being fake was a bit rubbish but like i saw it come in yeah like, it's it too early or early doors but as soon as i saw them three statues or robots being wrong i knew that whole kang the conqueror theory was dead spot on but whoa, i didn't whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but i'm just stuck. skipping ahead baby. calma calma <laughs> Who cares? Tranquilo, tranquilo. Who cares? This series <laughs> went from a, a nine, 9.5 first episode and it's gone mm. down to about a mm, uh, region of 7, 7.5. That like, really just hasn't hit the nail on the head for me. Like, mm. I, lo- I like Loki. I think Sylvie's good character. Do I think she's Loki? I'm not convinced. I'm still not convinced. I think she's a hustler. <laughs> I think she is, man. I think, I think she's, she's a Loki. She might be a bit of a hustler. Um, <laughs> okay, well, sticking and, with... Yeah. Oh, sorry, Glenn, sorry. Can I just quickly, really quickly interrupt? One thing that annoys yeah. me, and I suppose this carries on into episode five and six as well, is that, so in, I'm pretty sure it's in episode four, we see um, we see young Sylvie getting captured by uh, John oh, Henslayer. Exactly, and they don't tell us why. Oh, God, it's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's so annoying. But I think, I'm assuming it's just because she's a girl, but, you know, but then if that's the case, why didn't they just do it from birth? I don't know. It's weird. I've also got a thing uh, for later on. That just someone remind me about the, the kiss, like, in the next episode or so, because I've got something to say about that, and I know I'm going to forget. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, on that point, like, why was Sylvie taken what was her nexus event you know the same would it would be interesting to see what mobius did to mm. you know do that um i think yeah you've both mentioned that you know loki t- a minute and a half after the episode ends in a mid-credit scene the only mid-credit scene we really get um is shown to be alive i mean it would have been quite nice to have at least a week of tension yeah to be like oh what's happening here because at that point you know you could genuinely 
pose an argument that Sylvie could be the main character moving forward because she is still a Loki, right? The series Loki doesn't necessarily have to be about Tom Hiddleston. Mm. But so I think even if like they'd left it a week and if the opening scene of episode five was not about Loki, then you'd think, oh, maybe he's dead. But they instantly, there was no tension whatsoever. Mm. But even for, Mobius, sorry, even for Mobius as well, because as soon as I saw Loki, I was like, okay, so Mobius is coming back as well. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Um, so episode five called Journey into Mystery. Uh, so Renslayer basically tells Sylvie that Loki was pruned. He was sent to the void at the end of time, but nothing ever returns from there. Um, and that the true creator of the TVA is hiding somewhere in the void to avoid detection. Um, then you've also got the Loki's bonding so you've got alligator loki kid loki classic loki played by richard e grant and boastful loki um they take them to the loki cave thing hideout and then there's quite a, a funny scene i think where like a king version of loki comes and then they all start double crossing each other and then it ends up in a big fight i thought that was quite funny mm. um and then See, that was that was funny but i thought it was just a bit like I feel like, like I always say, like this is the real problem with this is it's so short. I feel like that mm. scene could have taken up probably half an episode, and they could have gone into a real deepness about like some of the characters, and I think it would have like really engaged us to hear some of the other Loki stories and stuff, you know. But instead, yeah. we got met with like a double, 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 double cross, and then it's like, oh, they're mm. all fucking, it's game over. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's went into slapstick a bit too much for me but i i enjoyed that bit but i, I think you're right again because you know richard e grant is good the kid loki was all right boastful loki's barely in it you know he's the first one to get sort of destroyed can i just, can I just say it annoyed me that the the black loki was the one who was a snitch i'm just saying I'm i know just saying, but I, uh, I don't want to be that guy but, that girl. That girl, no, but honestly if i was ever making a film right and one of the characters was to die if i was making a horror film right and there are people of colour in the horror film. I'm like, they cannot die first. Yeah. They just can't. But, um, yeah, so, you know, they're, they're interesting characters. And like Sycharis, we get barely any time with them. And, you know, at the end of this episode, Richard E. Grant's character, classic Loki, um, conjures or sort of distracts Iloff enough so that Sylvie and Loki can enchant him and and sort of find their way to kang's citadel um but you know classic loki ends up sacrificing himself but i don't really think we get enough time as an audience to sort of empathize and think oh i'm glad you know gutted that he had to do that because you only saw him 20 minutes ago and it doesn't get enough time for you to build that rapport not for me anyway um and i just think like Okay, we'll talk about this after we talk about episode six, but I think you're right, Chris, that, that they could have done so much more. And I think we said this about um, One Division as well. Maybe not, I think even to a point, Falcon and Winter Soldier, you could have yeah. fleshed it out a bit here and there. I so, um, but I mean, so. Just quickly, I mean, so, with episode five, I'm um, oh, sorry, were you going to move on to episode six? Oh, no, I was going to say oh, Sylvie sorry, sorry, prun- sorry. prunes herself to get to the void so that yeah. she and Loki can. Um, you know uh successfully find the the person behind it so again thoughts after this episode penultimate one um you know we see the the void the classic low keys and the the variants um 
thoughts and, and, and where did you think, like, honestly, where did you think it was going after this? Um, I liked that the episode ended with them, like, on their way to the end of time or whatever. But, yeah, the stuff in the middle, I just, I didn't really care for. Like, I thought, obviously, you guys said the the Loki fighting stuff was, like, uh, funny. I, I, It was funny, but I just thought it was a bit lame, to be honest. And they all just start fighting and Loki's out, like, rolling his eyes and stuff. I just thought, it's a bit rubbish. Um, when Sylvie gets tricked by uh, Judge Renslayer, that was, like, the dumbest thing I've seen her do in this whole six episodes. Like, she was like, oh, yeah, tell me everything's happened. And then she stalls her for, like, however long. And she didn't think for a minute that maybe she was being set up. Like, come on, use your brain. Um, uh, I liked the, when she pruned herself, to be fair, because obviously she didn't actually know what she was getting herself into, but she pruned herself anyway, so she could, well, I assume partly maybe save Loki slash go and find the uh, the person at the end of time. I enjoyed that bit. Um, it was weird just seeing Owen oh, Wilson, <laughs> Owen Wilson, <laughs> Uh, Mobius just arrived in a car. <laughs> just, oh, was that an Easter egg or something of some sort? That car or something? Does anybody know? Because I don't sure. think that was, but there were quite a few okay. nods in but, this. Yeah, but, yeah. Just quickly, I'll just finish off. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was strange. And then when they get in the car, Sylvie's like, um, I don't know. The way she said she was going to go to the void, into the void, or whatever, was really dramatic. And then in the next scene, Loki's just kind of like looking to his distance and he's like, oh yeah, there's Sylvie. And I was just like, this is just so, such a weirdly put together scene, I thought. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, the music in, this, in the, in the show is great. Um, as, as across the board, I really enjoy it. And it does add something to the show, I think, um, in parts where it is lacking tension. Um, but yeah, overall, I didn't, I didn't love the episode. I thought it was okay. Um, but yeah, when, whether I think it was going into the episode, I just assumed that they would eventually find who was behind it, but I didn't think it would uh, happen as quickly as it did. But yeah. Any expansion upon that, Chris? No, nah, let's just get on to episode six because. Do you not want to touch? Do you not want to touch on the Easter eggs a bit? Because you, you, you were the one who first said, "Is that yellow jacket?" And oh I... yeah, to be fair, yeah, I spotted that straight away. To be fair, I had to double check because I was like, "Oh, is it Iron Man or yellow jacket?" But I was pretty. I was pretty sure it was yellow jacket. Uh, but it's the thing, isn't it? It's just like I, from seeing that that video I sent you guys not too long ago about them two guys dis- discussing Loki, kind of just makes you think: How the fuck did these people know what was going to happen? You know, they basically predicted this. I didn't uh, watch the video to be fair. These two guys were saying how. In Ant-Man and the Wasp, there's a little citadel in the background while mm. he's through the quantum realm, and it looks identical to the TVA. Okay. Uh, there was, then they led on to say about Kang the Conqueror and blah, 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 blah. But um, what to say about this episode? Um, well, I said about the Loki fight thing, like, cool, a bit funny, but needed expanding quite a lot. Uh, I thought it was quite funny how uh, one, one of the Lokis was like, how do you even know he's the crocodiles are a Loki. Um, they, I mean, they were interesting characters, but again, not 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 really touched upon enough. Like, mm. I want to know more about the kid one who killed Thor. I want to know about it. Isn't well, it? there's this whole thing of like all the stories we hear about from these characters 
have already happened to the current Loki. So, I, I don't know. The Loki who betrayed him, did he tell us his story? The Loki that betrayed them? Yeah, the one who... Oh, brought... the boastful one. Uh, no, they just said that he's a liar. So, yeah, I don't think you can trust anything that he says. Uh, so, like, the kid Loki basically did, as Loki said, as as Thor said in, in Thor Ragnarok, uh, basically stabbed his brother. That's the assumption there. That's the link. And then the older Loki or classic Loki, he essentially is is the Loki that we are, I assume, going to get at the end of this whole series where he does an illusion that even Thanos can't get around, you know? Okay. Um, I just thought them stories were interesting, but like, that was the peak of it, really. Like, it was all coincidental, which we assumed would happen. Um, I'm not quite sure how Mobius found, made a door and got out of the uh, out of the Sy- world. Sylvie had a tempad, didn't she? And gave yeah. it to him. Oh, right, okay. And then, yeah, I mean, going into the smoke, yeah, cool. I mean, it was going to happen, wasn't it? For this was a setup. This was a this was a major setup episode, wasn't it, really, for the finale? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Can I say quickly as well, before I forget, and we can talk about after we finish talking about Loki, is that I think these um, shows that we've seen so far, plus the shows we're going to get, is setting up Young Avengers. But we can talk about okay. that. Okay. All right. Um, I was, yeah, so, I mean, Credit to Chris picking up Yellow Jacket straight away. Um, obviously, the main villain from Ant Man. I didn't get that until I read an article. No, me neither. It. There was also a little cap cop helicopter that said Thanos or Thanos, which was a throwback to one of the comics. Um, I don't know. I don't remember seeing it, but someone put a still up of what looked like um, like underground or American subway cars, um, and someone put that picture next to the Tobey Maguire when he's holding the ropes in Spider-Man 2. Mm. And I was like, oh. So I think I think there is something from that video that you put up, up, Chris, about, you know, this is in the quantum realm and, you know, that's why Yellow Jacket's there because he went subatomic, didn't he? That's why he, you know, perished. And, and so I think that I think it's also a get out of jail free car for Marvel of like, hey, this character died but you know as pharrell williams well knows no one ever really dies um so on to episode six so so loki and sylvie meet uh kang at the citadel which is the world's worst kept secret (laughs) most guest (laughs) ending yeah Um, definitely the most guest yeah i would say I quite like it though because it was obviously confirmed for Ant-Man 3 mm. and then the more this series went on we were like it's going to be Kang isn't it yeah um, I do like though that this it's going to be a different version of the one we've seen here so I'm wondering if he's going to act it differently if he's going to be you know well, he's going to put it on differently that's that's another thing I wanted to talk about actually because there's like okay. so many iterations of Kang throughout mm. comics like there's Iron Lad who's Kang when he's mm. younger there's the Kang the Conqueror, and then there's another Kang, and um, someone was like, I read a vi- I watched a video. Someone was saying that like literally everything that Marvel are setting up now, he could be part of all of it, mm. like, in, in different iterations. Like Iron Lad could be part of the Young Avengers or wh- whatever you called them. Obi Wan, is that what you called them? Yeah, Young Avengers. Yeah, and, then, and he's, uh, a, he's the son of Reed Richards as well. Uh, is it Reed Richards or is it? Um, I thought it was, I thought it was his child anyway okay. yeah you're, you're right you're, i think you're right actually yeah so like he could be part of like 
that 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 lineage. He could be Iron Lad. He could be so many different things. It's kind of crazy. It's kind yeah. of cool as well. So this episode predominantly was um, Kang explaining things. It was exposition heavy. Jonathan Majors doing his best to work with what he was given. Um, so Quickly, sorry, he... sorry again. I just want to ask. Um, sorry, sorry. The pair of you. What did you guys think of his performance? Um, I thought it was a bit OTT. Okay. But I haven't seen him in anything else. Fair enough. Don't think. And I think it's a fair performance considering he's meant to be a geese who's been there for like a billion years, just chilling. Yeah. You know? yeah. This this version of Kang anyway explains um, via grey goo, which morphs into certain objects, uh, that, you know, he basically in the year 3000 and something uh, discovered how to sort of get a grasp on time and there, there, there was a fight between all the multiverses, uh, all the Kangs that wanted to, you know, basically rule the multiverse and, and he was the victorious one and has kept it steady for however long, just chilling at the end of time and mm. has preordained how everything goes. Um, Sylvie's just keep, keeps trying to stab him. And then he sort of is a bit like, do what you want, kill me. If you kill me, then all of the multiverse will happen because all the Kangs will sort of be unshackled and I won't have control over the multiverse anymore. Or what you can do is you can both run the TVA and try and keep keep it on a on a level. Um, then there's a sort of tete-a-tete between Sylvie and Loki. Loki's sort of like, hey, I think we should think about this. Sylvie wants to kill him. Um, they share a kiss, which I can't quite decide if it's incest or masturbation. Yeah. They're supposed to be the same person. Um, but uh, then Sylvie tempads Loki uh, via Kang's smartwatch, um, his Apple Watch, into back into the TVA and ends up stabbing that version of Kang. Um, then what we see when Loki goes back to the TVA, he goes up to B-15 and Mobius and is like, hey, shit's happening. And Mobius is like, who the fuck are you? And then he looks and sees the stone statue, which was a timekeeper previously, but is now Kang. So then oh. there's also, you see the visual of the uh, white light just branching here, there and everywhere, which we mm. sort of got in episode two, but they yeah. completely ignored. But this is... And uh, Judge Renslayer fucked off somewhere, we don't know. Oh yeah. Doth commence the uh, multiverse, we presume. Um, so yeah, first of all, thoughts on that episode and then go into the bigger series as a whole. Chris, you wanted to talk about the kiss. Do you want to start there? Well, I want to start by saying that originally when they nearly kissed, they nearly caused like a nexus event, right? So is the assumption that because they did physically just kiss, they caused a nexus event? And like regardless of whether they killed Kang, there would have been multi-timelines? Mm. I because, thought it was because um, that's the end, it's at the end of time. That's, that's what, what I thought as well. That's what I thought too. Oh, right, okay. I only just thought of that, to be fair, so. Mm. Um, I had the same question, to be fair, Chris. Um, end of time stuff, well, end of current time, right? So the time's still going from that point? Or is it just ended? What do you mean? Well, it's the end of time, but so what, like, nothing exists anymore? Well, I think I, I sort of, gathered that he was always at the end of time and, and time was sort of 
being developed behind him, if that makes sense, rather than in mm-hmm. front. But yeah, I mean, but when when they were visualising it on the screen with the white light, it sort of did look circular. Well, he so. did say he did say it's cyclical, didn't he? Because he he was saying about how like he will be back here regardless if they kill him or not. Yeah, that's true. Which was a bit, yeah. But I mean, you know, it's the last episode of this series. They did confirm season two, but you know. It's built up to this. We've got Kang, who is someone that people are, you know, we're looking forward to. Big character in the comics, big, powerful, lots of ramifications. Did it? Did this episode live up to the hype? Did it? I mean, Chris, you said it. It's gone from like a nine to like a seven over well, the course like, of the series. Just like there's a lot of things it's opened doors to, which is kind of cool. Like obviously, like they've reopened the fact that there's a multiverse and that we can see all the multiverses and it kind of ties in quite nicely with Doctor Strange and WandaVision and Spider-Man and whatever else we want to talk about. Um, It also, I guess, this is a series basically to kind of start off high and then dips a bit, but it's kind of like, the last two episodes have basically gone to set up Loki for the first, for, for the second series, um, which I'm kind of like, is Kang the Conqueror meant to be in one of the films? Yeah, Ant-Man 3. So are we to assume that Loki's going to bump into Ant-Man at some point? Or are we to assume that two separate Kangs are going to be uh, in one a series and the other the film? Because... Yeah, I, yeah. Sorry, I, just, I, I don't know. I saw. I mean, this. It this might is, be, we, sorry, I was say we don't know if if, if the Kang in Ant Man and the Kang that's going to be assumed presumably being like season two. We don't know if it's going to be the same Kang. It can be two completely different Kangs. This is where it's. This is where Kevin Feige's got to really keep his hands on the reins because it's going to get confusing because <laughs> um, between now. And when Ant-Man 3 comes out, there's quite a few films, including Spider-Man 3 and Doctor Strange 2. Mm. So presumably at least one of those films, we're presuming both of them will deal with the multiverse. And you would hope that Kang would not just be introduced and then killed off in Ant-Man 3 and he would have ramifications for, you know, phase four and maybe even beyond considering Thanos was Thanos sorry was three phases worth essentially and he was Mm. big and powerful so but yeah I mean you this is where they could make it sick or they could lose us as an audience or me certainly if if it's sort of like oh that one died but hey we've still got another one because it's Mm. the multiverse you know I don't want it to come a bit like you fake outs all the time um Mm. I mean there's there's rumours that Loki will appear in Doctor Strange 2. What do we think of that? I mean... I don't, know. Also, I think that'd be good. I don't, I don't know if I want to see him as a goodie, though. That's my only issue. A goodie in his own series, yeah, but a goodie as a overall? I'm not so sure. I don't mind. That's not... Um, yeah, I don't mind. Do we assume that Loki's still endgame is to run the TVA or after what he's learned because I thought it's quite interesting how Loki was the sensible one like he was like we should mm. not be this it works let's leave it leave as is 
Yeah, and I, don't, then, I actually don't know. Um, yeah. And then I kind was, of... Sorry, yeah, go sorry, go on, I just know. No, it's okay. I was going to say also, like, how did um, Kang the Conqueror only know up to that point? I was going to ask that. You literally took the words right out of my mouth. It's bare dumb, like, why... Like, if he knew that event was going to happen, surely he would get as much information as possible before that event. Yeah, I just don't... I think that bit wasn't well explained. I don't... He was like... He was like... Oh, he literally, within a space of two minutes, he was like, I know everything that's going to happen because I've seen it, blah, blah, blah. And then one minute, two minutes later, he's like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen after this. And I was like, what? You just said you knew fucking everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really. he, he's really weird as well because he was proper antagonising him. Like, he was like, oh, do you take over? Or do you kill me? And then he was like, do you trust her? Do you trust him? Like, and I was like, God, make up your mind. What do you actually want to happen here? Like, do you want them to take over? Do you want to die? Like, what is your? Yeah, it was. It was very unclear what his motivations were. Yeah. I think. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Part of me wonders if, if he wanted the multiverse to happen. If he's, if this, if the Kang we saw is the Kang that outwitted or defeated all other Kangs. He's clearly a pretty powerful Kang, right? Um, or he just got ahead of the game and he happened to set drafts. Maybe. So maybe he just wanted a bit of mayhem. I don't know. It, you yeah, know what would have been great? Sorry, do you know what would have been great? Uh, do you know what? I would have even taken a end credit scene at the end of episode five where you see maybe see Kang or see uh, what's hints of Kang. Episode six, give us his backstory. And in episode seven, then we deal with the up with the up with the uh, yeah, because this is again comes back to the length of the series. Um, I don't know why they settled on six hours, I don't know, it's basically three to three to two and a bit movies in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only sort of backstory of Kang we got was through that gray goo, and considering he's got such a rich backstory i mean they could have you know you could they could have done the the kang multiverse war in the same way that zack schneider did the whole um justice league thing you know the, with all the superheroes and stuff like that would have been really cool and it didn't have to be particularly long but it sort of to me smacked of like hey we don't have the budget to show this mm. so we'll just do it in a you know yeah. easy format and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was a bit like, meh. He, he didn't seem massively villainous. He seemed a bit pantomime but I, I don't know. I was a bit I was a bit deflated after it, to be honest. I think, similar to Chris, it started off really well. They set up the whole multiverse thing with Sylvie and just never came back to it um, in episode two. I just keep getting hung up on particular things in these series, don't I? I just Very think there's giving two cents. Like, there's not not enough explanation on points, whether that's yeah. because they don't know, or because they just haven't explained it well enough. And I think like, um, what how do I put this? Like, um, it's like, yeah, and and obviously, um, the whole point of like everyone being like, oh, the TVA is a made up thing, but it's not. Like, mm. it the time, yeah, it's just the timekeepers are made up. Well, no, the timekeepers are real. Are they? Yeah, Kang says the timekeepers spoke to him, didn't they? Did he? I thought, I thought he did. I will mm. rewatch it. 
double check that. I'm pretty sure he mentioned the timekeepers, uh, unless it was a part um, of the joke. Of I, don't, I don't remember that to be fair. Um, but, I could be wrong. But like, it, like obviously Mobius and uh, like getting all hit up about how TVA is not real and he had a past life. Like he, I don't know why people get pruned. It seems like it's a bit ambiguous now why people get pruned. I assume they have messed with the timeline in some way, shape, or form. Uh, obviously, the, I sent a video in the chat of like how some people are trying to say that Mobius is actually um, uh, what's his name, Stark. Howard Stark. Stark. Um, yeah, I didn't really buy that. No, I didn't really buy it either. I just thought, it's kind of interesting how people pick up on these things, though. Um, like at the end of the day, like whatever they find out, whatever they do, the TVA's kind of still got to exist because they're keeping this sacred timeline. Unless there isn't really a timeline war. Well, their thing was like um, Sylvie and Loki thing was like people need to have free will, basically. So their thing is like we they don't need the TVA. We should just let all multiverses interact and be and be at the same time. So it depends which side of the line you fall on. <laughs> yeah, true. I think I think it's going to be now that they've opened this Pandora's box, right? That that audiences are going to be like, well, I wanted to see this multiverse. I wanted to see that version of that character. And, it, you know, you're never, you're now, ne- because the possibilities literally are endless. Mm. Like, people are going to be disappointed. People are going to be like, I wanted to see that version of Thor. I wanted to see this character rather than, you know. So I don't, I don't really know how they're going to tackle it all. And, and I think I don't see why they restricted themselves to six hours. And it's not even six hours because all the episodes have about eight minutes of credits. So even if each episode was a full hour of content that maybe they would have had, you know, they would have had at least 10, 15 minutes, every episode more to play with. And maybe it's budget. I mean, it's Marvel. They, I mean, Endgame made 2.6 billion dollars of which probably close to 1.5 was pure profit so i, I hear they're that, okay but, i hear that but um these tv shows aren't going to do movie numbers either no but i think you can always sort of you know you you would take the you you know like these would be a loss maker but then you know that the to build hype for the films, which would be a profit maker. So, I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. But I just think it would have even been called cool for this to tie into WandaVision when, you know, maybe they see that Wanda causes an Nexus event, mm. you know, which she did. Uh, but they don't mention that. Um, mm. I, I don't know. It's just little things, really. So. Um, but I don't know. Oh, you've not really said how you felt about the series as a whole. Yeah. Uh, well, can, can, can I talk about um, episode six? Yeah, yeah. Before, um, um, so yeah, I have the same feeling as the pair of you, to be fair. Um, I was a, a tad underwhelmed. I, for one, yeah, I liked the exposition in this and I thought it was interesting. Um, and like the bit where Kang was talking about his origin, I thought, I think I said in the group chat, like, this is more, this is more interesting than what I'm seeing, if that makes any sense. Mm. Um, and I wish we had gotten to see some of that um, in actual, like, real life characters kind of thing. I thought that would have been cool. Um, yeah, I thought the um, this the whole the scene in general, like them two versus Kang, just went on a bit too long. And I say it like like we say again, because Kang's intentions were so ambiguous, it 
failed for me to create any tension. Um, the only tension I felt, I suppose, a little bit was when Loki and Sylvie were fight were fighting, and then obviously they kiss, they kiss, which I still don't know how I feel about, to be honest, because yeah, whatever. But um, I thought that Sylvie killing Kang was really anticlimactic, like. She just like stabs him. It doesn't even really make a sound. I just thought it was really, it felt really weird to me. I don't know. I didn't like it. Um, but yeah, the implications of it, I think of obviously, like we said, really interesting because of all the stuff it could lead into. Um, and I thought the moment at the end, like it's basically like um, Loki's Planet of the Apes moment where he comes back and everything's fucked up. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I like that. The stuff with uh, Judge Renslayer. I don't know how much I care about it, and I'm not sure how, how I feel about the fact that I kind of wanted Judge Renslayer to to know what was going on and be in on it. Like the fact that she doesn't know either, I was a bit like, "Oh, you're just a bit, you're a bit lame, then, aren't you? You're just a bit like, you're just the same as us. Like you don't have a fucking clue what's yeah. going on." That's a bit of shit. And then obviously they go to 2018 and they find her her prime version. I'm assuming to convince everybody, all the rest of the TVA, um, presumably, convince the rest of them that you know their life is a lie, basically. Um, so I'm, I would lo- I bet we're not going to see it, but I would love to know the reaction, what happened in that in that world. Like, how that meant to the TVA. Did they, ri- did they rise up against the fucking timekeepers or whatever? You probably won't see it. Mm. Um, and then she goes and she... What does she say? She says she goes to find free will or something like that. So I'm wondering what, what the fuck that means. Um, I guess we'll find out, but... Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, and yeah, I just think... The series as a whole, I th- I don't think I was ever. I think if we go back to like when we were talking about episode one, I don't think I was ever as enthusiastic about the series as everybody else was. Um, and it's a shame because this was like the show that I was most anticipating and I thought was like going to be the best. Um, but yeah, it just didn't pan out the way for me. Not that the show's bad, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed the episodes, but it just lacked. It lacked a certain something for me. I think. Part of it maybe be the fact that it's dumb, but like it drops on Wednesdays, so it's not that a big <laughs> event. It's, I, I keep I keep banging on about I know it's dumb, but it's just not a big event for me dropping it on a Wednesday. I don't know. I should have the same feeling that I did when stuff was dropping on a Friday. Um, another fact that I kind of thought this was going to be like a mystery, not thriller, but like a yeah, like a mystery type series. Like, oh, what's going on? Maybe, but they kind of just answer. Like you have questions and they pose mysteries in comments, and they kind of just answer it straight away. So there's not really. There's, they don't, in my eyes, they don't really leave that much to like the imagination in terms of even like theorizing, really. Because even when we were watching One Division, me, me, you, and Chris, we were doing theories at the wazoo like every episode, or maybe up to like episode five or six. Um, and I really enjoy that aspect of it. That's one of the, the things that I definitely enjoy in One Division over Loki. Even though Loki, I think, is a better, better made show and uh, better put together. I think. Um, and yeah, even like. There wasn't really much like the biggest thing for me about this is that after episodes I wouldn't see anybody talking about it. Like I, mm. I'll go, I'll like I'll be like my big thing was like especially with One Division like I'm not gonna go on Twitter today until I've seen the episode. Then I'm gonna go on because people were chatting talking about it. And I go on after uh, after I've seen Loki and no one no one's saying anything because there's nothing really to talk about in my opinion. Like even with uh, Falcon Winter Soldier there was uh, discussions about like race and and uh, and like. Uh, would a black man want to be Captain America? And um, how should we feel about the people who were left behind, who were left behind the blip and they were thriving and now they're not thriving? And da, 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 da. and I thought that was interesting, even though the show is not the best. I think some of the talking points are really interesting and you know produce good conversation. But with this, 
it just didn't for me. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but for me, I don't know. It just it lacks a certain something. Like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm trying to think where I would put it in the ranking of. The it's hard. Three. It's hard for me because I do. I think this is a. This is a. It's a better. I think it's a better quality show than the other two, but. Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know because I feel. I think if I said, "Oh yeah, I put it third, I think that's super harsh. But then, I feel, that, feel like my, I feel like my experience of the other two was. I just I felt it more. Like I don't know. I don't know. I I, I, I put I put Captain America and Winter Soldier at the bottom. So yeah, I think it's but just because I feel like the villain of that story. Well, there wasn't really a villain of this story, was there? What Loki? Yeah, there wasn't really, was there? Mm. Sylvie. Probably Renslayer, really. <laughs> yeah. Sylvie was Sylvie was the the villain of of the TVA. TVA was a villain to Sylvie. Oh, to Sylvie. Like, yeah. Was the villain to them? Uh, like I don't know. It's all sorts, isn't it? But um, I think personally, I don't think this goes bottom of the pile. It's a debate whether it goes top of the pile. I think uh, because for me, one division. Again, Mr. Tr- I feel like all these series missed a trick, really. I don't know what mm-hmm. they... I, I could go on for days what they missed. Uh, maybe yeah. it's because we, we've set them just so high on a pedestal that we've so much of them. Yeah, but they're, real, they're, really just, they're really just TV series to keep us in wait for the films. They're, like, mm. they're, they're set-ups, aren't they? They're, they're massive set-ups for something else. Mm. Yeah. But it does, it say, does make it worth watching them, though, doesn't it? Because... Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was maybe some people thinking, ah, oh, oh, I can skip these. They're not that important. But if you if you was going to Doctor Strange and all of a sudden Loki's there and Wanda's or Scarlet Witch and you're like, what? What have I missed? And then like Anthony Mackie turns up. He's like, I'm Captain America. And they're like, yeah. what? Yeah. You know, it makes it worth watching them, even if they are quite frustrating. <laughs> I will say that I think, not that I like and super love the ending, but I think the ending of, this show is better than the ending of the other two shows. Yeah, um, that's the only thing that I'll put over it. I think this is much more of a direct setup. I mean, we yes. all theorised that you know you see Doctor Strange at the end of One Division. You didn't, but this is like right multiverse now, isn't it? Mm. So, um, yeah, let's sidestep into just quickly. Um, sorry, um, before we go into presumably uh, Black Widow. Um, sorry, to really, sorry, to, sorry to really segue. Um, what do you guys think is going to happen in season two? Um, he's going to have to go and find Sylvie, isn't he? Because mm. we don't know where she's at. To be honest, I haven't got a clue. I think yeah. it depends when it comes out because they could focus on Loki being trying to rebuild the TVA. Could be, like Chris said, finding Sylvie. Could be Renslayer trying to do what she's doing. It really, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even want to guess because it could come if, out in like 2024 and by that time we don't know what's going to go on. If it's a six episode series then I would expect three different storylines within six episodes. So it would be Ren, the TVA and Sylvie basically. Because I think Kang, although that will be the ultimate thing, I think he'll just pop up every now and again in the series and he'll be pretty much untouchable until the last episode. So Yeah. I don't know if I'm that bothered about seeing Renslayer or Sylvie. But it'd be interesting to know what she's actually trying to do. And since yeah. that it was such a dramatic, like, free will. 
yeah fair enough but guys we had a mcu film in the cinema for the first time in i don't know two years 18 months it's been quite a while i don't even know what the last film before black widow was was it um far from home must have been that was probably about two years ago then wasn't it so um yeah it's been a minute but black widow so um we all know who it is scarlett hansen's character died at endgame but this is set after civil war um so uh, kate shortland directs uh scarlett hansen obviously plays black widow um so this sees her basically on the run um William Hurt's General Ross is after her because she's in breach of the Sokovia Accords. Um, she then basically bumps into her sister, Yelena, um, who was a Black Widow under the influence of Drakov, played by Ray Winston. But she basically gets exposed to this contagion that dispels her and she's now helps uh, Natasha hunt down Drakov and try and put an end to the Red Room. Um, they also rescue their sort of de facto father, uh, Red Guardian, from the Soviet Union, and also their mother, Milena, I think her name is, who is also a Black Widow. Um, villain is Taskmaster, who is basically a character who can mimic the person they're fighting's moves and style. Um, that's just a very, very quick summary of what's going on. Um, what, I mean, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll start. I, I liked this film. Um, didn't love it. I think it does to an extent justify itself. Um, because watching a film about a character that's already passed away, sort of like, did we need it? Um, but I think this was a pretty decent action film. Some of the combat was was quite good, and the uh, you know particularly in the early scenes with uh, Natasha, Yelena, and Taskmaster. There's also that scene where they're running out of Budapest, and they go on that like sort of tower or guttering, and it kind of falls. And so I think there's some decent stunt work in this. Um, and there was also that sort of Fast Nine style chase with. Taskmaster going through all of those uh, mm. cars and then blowing up the jeep. Um, how they survive that, don't ask. But I think <laughs> Florence Pugh's a decent um, addition as Yelena, who presumably will take up the Black Widow mantle. Um, didn't mind David Harbour, he was having fun as Red Guardian. Um, not quite sure why he didn't continue with his American accent. <laughs> but hey, I mean, not it's, his accent was. I know, but. To go back to the the Russian, I don't know. At least it wasn't as bad as um, Ray, Winston. Ray Winston's. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know what? It's so funny, yeah, because obviously we have a certain idea of Ray Winston, yeah, and how we feel about him as an actor. I was watching a review of Black Widow the other day, and they were talking about how great Ray Winston was. <laughs> I was what? Like, wow! Dude, wow! It's mad how differently we, people see wow. things. Man. It's crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, it was it was sort of nice to get a bit more of her backstory um and her family there was some nice sort of comedic moments um maybe too much i don't know but the red guardian was funny talking about like he fought captain america whether that lines up 
not quite sure about that. Um, but yeah, there was a good, there was like a few like rug pulls. I thought Malena had sort of crossed them, but then like double crossing uh, Drakov. He was a pretty weak villain. Taskmaster was also kind of weak. Uh, ended up being his daughter, who they thought had died. I saw that coming. Why they cast Olga Korolenko in that role, I don't know, because she's an established actress in her own right. Has like two words. Um, you see her face like twice, but hey ho, it's the bag in it. So um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was all right. Um, it, obviously, there's a post-credit scene where Yelena is at Natasha's grave and is approached by uh, Val, who we saw in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but because of how it was supposed to come out, this would have been the first time we saw her, um, Val. And she basically says to Elena, hey, Hawkeye killed your sister, or is the reason she's dead, so you need to go and kill him, mm-hmm. which presumably sets up the Hawkeye series, because um, Florence Pugh has been confirmed for that series. So that'll be interesting. Um, don't mind seeing her again. But what are in or like uh, cameo? I'm not sure. I'm assuming it's going to be cameo, because... And also, just going to throw it out there, how does this foul lady know how the fucking what's her face died? That's the mystery. We don't know. She's but, obviously anti or dark Avengers, whatever storyline they're going with, but it's just like uh, meh. <laughs> so she's got basically a, an altered version of Black Widow and an altered version of Captain America on, in under her wing now. So yeah. This, yeah, we don't know is, who this. We don't know who this woman works for either. So she could have access to their shit. Yeah, but I mean, this this doesn't feed into your Young Avengers thing, does it, Obi? Or well, Helena. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Chris said, um, but yeah, I completely forgot about the Young Avengers thing. But um, so I'll just say it quickly before I forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some of the characters that we've been introduced to uh, in Phase Four so far, um, I'm pretty sure they are leading towards. Young Avengers. So, like Chris said a minute ago, I think, um, so the guy who plays Kang, his, one of his alter egos is Iron Lad, um, and he's part of the Young Avengers. Um, and then we've got uh, Patriot, who's um, Isaiah Bradley's grandson, who we saw in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. We've got Wiccan and Speed from uh, Young Avengers, Young Avengers, from uh, WandaVision. We've got Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, who's obviously going to be in, the, in that series. Um, Cassie Lang, who's obviously going to be, who's been recast for by a more popular actress. And obviously she's going to be in uh, Ant-Man 3. Um, and there was another one as well. Miss Marvel? Oh, uh, yes, Miss Marvel. Kid Loki, who we've seen now. Um, yeah, Miss Marvel, who we've seen. Um, uh, maybe it was my last two, I'm not too sure about that one. But I wasn't going to say that one, but it might be. Uh, Miss America, so America Chavez, who's going to be in Doctor Strange 2. Um, and that's all I've got so far. But yeah, maybe Mars Rannis as well. But I'm pretty sure they're going to set up Young Avengers at some point. Just going to want to point that out. What's the, is there a main villain of Young Avengers? Or is it like that's... Young Thanos or something? <laughs> young Thanos. Um, I actually don't know. I'm not too sure. Uh, I don't know. Fair enough. But yeah, no, I mean, sounds interesting. They, they've got millions of characters to choose from. But I mean, what, what did you guys think of, of Black Widow um, as, a, as a film in and of itself and, and sort of, you know, what it potentially sets up? First, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off in 10. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I give this film a solid seven. Uh, it's a decent film. Um, 
I thought the villains weren't the greatest. Like, uh, was it Ray Winston? Is is an okay thing. Like, nothing major. It wasn't good. Great acting. Uh, was pretty easy defeated. Uh, Taskmaster again, pretty easily defeated. Started off strong, but failed quite miserably. Um, I thought Helena was the best, probably the best part of the film. Uh, her comedy was good. I'm not sure the comedy hit every time, but the comedy was good. Um, action scenes were pretty good, although I feel like Black Widow could have died about four times. <laughs> uh, first with the car flip, next with falling from the building and hitting about ten different items on the way down, and then third with the car going into the train station. That that one, that one was ridiculous, man. That was so stupid. Uh, <laughs> because she has only received the cut. Um, then talking about Budapest, like I only thought of it after you guys mentioned it. Did it bug me? Not so much. Would it have been nice to have more information? Yes. Mm. This also leads me to think that Helena, unless she's pretty dumb. It's Yelena, I think. Yelena, sorry. Unless she's pretty dumb, she's going to know that Hawkeye probably didn't kill Black Widow. Mm. Um, then we've got like maybe a potential spin-off of Black Widow School of People. Um I thought uh, Red, oh God, what's his name? Guardian. Guardian. Red Guardian, interesting character. Shows mm. that every country seems to have some kind of super soldier, mm. yeah. uh, which could open doors to many a different thing. Mm. Um, the one who played the mum, pretty stale acting. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> Rachel Weisz. Oh, you're taking wow. a lick, mate. And I, oh, like, blimey. I feel like her character, the way they made her, she just wasn't very emotional. I think that was the point. The point yeah. so, so that's not like, I don't, don't mean her acting's bad, but I feel like the character she's portraying was really like blank. Yeah, I think that is uh, the point though. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I get that, that's the point. I get that, that's the point. But um, yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought the family uh, aspect of it was kind of interesting as well. All their different points of view of it, like, him being really proud of them, but not realizing what he's done to them. <laughs> I'm sorry, so quick. Good, so you said that, Chris. When he goes talks about how like good assassins they are and how proud, yeah. he's <laughs> like, "Your your legends are, are gushing red." I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely hilarious. So yeah. Um, and like uh, the mum then saying like what she does and stuff. Her 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 part in it was really convenient. Like she she knew everything. She knew what to do. She set it all up. Um. And then, yeah, I oh, know it was a good film. I mean, I, you can't really expect too much from it, I feel, because it's like a middle film where you know what the ending is essentially going to be. She's either going to have to live or it's a time skip where she dies. And we essentially got both parts of that. So um, maybe it's a 7.5, maybe. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is, but, it is convenient. Like, you know, um, Melina made the prison and red guardian just happens to know where melina's living considering he's been in prison for like 25 years and you know um the same guy the fixer guy happened to put yelena in the same safe house as um natasha was in um but you know it is what it is i mean it was very it was pretty like paint by numbers it was just decent action and then we knew what's gonna happen. And I mean, how did Natasha get out of Ross's custody? I assume you know. she gave him the um the the disc. Of the names. 
Yeah. Didn't she give that to uh, the the Black Widows that were going to hunt oh, down she? the gun? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was just sort of like, that could have been quite quickly explained because you see Ross coming towards her and then the next scene, she's in a jet going to rescue them from uh, the prison. You think, there's, there's a gap there. Maybe they did mention it at the beginning of, is it Infinity War where they where she rescues them or is it another film? I can't even remember. But um, yeah, it just was one of those things. It's like 30 seconds of dialogue would have made us less confused about that. But um, yeah, I mean, the Black Widow's thing's prime for a Disney Plus series, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, wouldn't be right. mad at it. Uh, lads, I've got to go. But um, I'll give my point of view on the other films next time or something. Yeah. But, um, all right. I'll speak to you all later. All right. Cheers, Chris. Bye. What did you think, Obes? Um, I don't have too dissimilar views from you and Chris. I think it's a it's a solid film. It's like a pretty much like a mid tier Marvel film. Like I'd put it amongst like I don't know the Doctor Stranges, the the Age of Ultrons, like that sort of level. Um, there are. There are points, I think this film goes more, I thought this film was going to be more like winter soldiery and it kind of like leans more into like the Fast and Furious vibe, I think like you were saying earlier. Um, So like when I say winter soldier, I think I was expecting like really well choreographed fight scenes, which we get a couple, but not not loads. Um, And like a lot of practical stuff. And I don't think we we didn't really get that in this. the one thing that I majorly think about, actually, I'll, I'll come to that last, actually. So, like, few, like, so I liked the start of this film. I think I, suppose, I think I enjoyed the start of this film the most out of any part of it, really. Like, um, where you find, where you see um, her family, inverted commas, and they're, like, undercover KGB or, I think it's KGB or whatever they are. And um, then you find out that the dad's, like, got super strength and then, you know, that whole fight off the plane and going to Cuba and meeting the Russian guy and then um, goes to the opening credits and you kind of see like little flashes of how these Black Widows get uh, brainwashed and conditioned and stuff like that. I thought that was all really sick. Um, uh, And then the rest of the film, I think is just, it's fine. It's not like groundbreaking at all. Um, Again, I think we've said said this multiple times. This is a film we should, we could have and should have gotten like four years ago. Um, Yeah. And like you said, I think Florence Pugh is the best part about this film. I'm really enjoying her character. I think Chris said that not all the comedy hits, but I would say a good ninety percent of it hit for me. Um, I really enjoyed her. Her like she, her. I think her and Natasha had good chemistry. It was good. Like it was a good big sister, little sister relationship. Um, and even the bits where the I think the film's at its strongest is when those four family members are all together and mm. they are having like conflicting feelings about their relationship and whether or not their relationship was real um because obviously they were together for three years everyone but Yelena knew, knew it was fake kind of thing um and the yeah. realization that she comes to at the end is actually this this is my family these people do care about me and I do care about them and she says to Yelena like I'm so sorry little sister forgive me or something like that uh I thought that was that was all pretty good um Taskmaster like you say it started off interesting menacing then it kind of ended a bit lame. Um, he, so she was supposed to fight Red Guardian. You don't even really see the fight. Um, so 
Like, we can't really, we don't really know what Red Guardian can do. Like, we saw it, like, little glimpses, maybe, but nothing mm. serious. So, I can't ever, obviously, it's, it's, he's supposed to be, like, a joke kind of thing. But I can never take him as seriously as, excuse me, as Captain America, obviously, because I haven't seen him fight properly yet. Um, I, like Chris said, I do like the fact that with Isaiah Bradley and with him now, we do know that other other people, other countries, other organisations have got super soldiers. Um, I think that's really interesting, potentially, um, if they expanded that a bit more. I think that'd be really cool. Um, what else have I got to say about this film? Uh, where Ray Winston sucks uh, in this film. <laughs> Absolutely sucks. He's pretty bad. Um, I liked the uh, I liked the um, breaking the nose thing. Uh, yeah. When like that whole thing about um, you know the pheromones or whatever it was, I thought that was. But I didn't really see that coming. I thought that's a nice little thing they put in there. What I didn't like is that the ending felt really anticlimactic um, to me. Like when they go up in the sky and they're um, and Black Widow saves what's her name saves the Yelena and then Taskmaster comes after her I thought maybe they were going to get on the ground and maybe some more Ray Winston's men were going to be there and they were going to have like one final battle and then it'll be finished but they literally get to the ground they tussle for a little bit it's done Ray Winston dies in the air um, that was very short-lived and not very good in my opinion mm. um, and yeah but overall I think it is a solid film certainly not a bad film but I wouldn't put it up there with you know my favourites I do yeah. think that Sorry, just to, just just to cap off, my my main thinking of this is like the issue that I have is that this is supposed to be essentially be Black Widow send off, um, and obviously at the end of Endgame, Tony gets his like funeral his speech and all that and that great scene. I think that's that was sick. Uh, uh, Captain America gets his like little happy ending with Peggy and him being an old man and stuff like that, and then Black Widow she gets like a little funeral scene with with uh yelena which is which is was was good a good scene oh, um but then obviously interrupted by val and then when i think like, this is supposed to be the the i don't even know what i would say the fan not the fanfare i don't even know how i would say it but like the final entry for the, for black widow who's been a pretty important and uh integral member of the avengers um of this team since 2009 or whenever iron man 2 came out and yeah. I just thought the way they they ended it, I just you know I didn't I didn't love it, I didn't love it. And the fact that she wasn't for me, she wasn't even the best part of her own film. <laughs> yeah, I mean right. that's 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 what that's one of it, isn't it? But I think I don't know. I think she has a little funeral scene in Endgame, doesn't she? Where they send her off on a little boat and it's um yeah. in the river, and then I think it sort of fits her character. She was always sort of like in the side at the back quiet whereas tony was very showy wasn't he very like i am the attention so his funeral matches that i I think you i think you're right to an extent though this was it very much felt like oh i'll just insert this into my chronology after civil war Mm. rather than you know a big sort of like you say fanfare or send-off it was sort of like oh this feels a gap in time um well apart from the post-credit scene obviously um i think taskmaster was quite yeah, disappointing because you've got quite a lot of scope with that one. If he can mimic your abilities, is it just your physical combat abilities or would he be able to mimic, you know, magic or something else? Like that would have been really interesting to explore. Mm. Um, Sorry, quickly, but, did it, did it, did she mimic Black Panther at one point? Did you notice that or was that my, am I just imagining it? 
I don't. I think you have to have fought them. Oh, okay. Too. Okay, nice. But um, yeah, I think there was a lot. You know, the fact. I mean, she's still alive, I guess, but she sort of seems to have again lost, been dis disillusioned or mm. undisillusioned. Well, yeah. I guess you know. I, she, I would be she, surprised if this was the last we see of her. I feel like we might see her again. I don't can't, don't feel that like she's got any motivation to be villainous anymore. Though. I suppose. I, I suppose not. But. You know, maybe they'll redo the character some way. But um, what I was going to say is, I think this film, um, put my analytical head on, uh, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I sort of got quite a lot of um, like misogyny vibes from this. Okay. Um, like very much a film about misogyny okay. um, in the sense that obviously the Red Room is is a room where you know, young girls are taken forcibly, uh, broken and conditioned. Yeah, there was a very, by... there was, sorry, just to say something really quickly, just to add on to your point, there was a very, at the beginning, there was a very, I was getting very much like a, a, a trafficking, human trafficking mm, vibe. Yes, yes. Yeah. And and if you think about it, like what has been done to the Black Widows is some of the darkest stuff in the mm-hmm. MCU. The fact that Yelena sort of casually says oh yes i had a forced hysterectomy and mm. and i'm no longer allowed to have really, i can't have kids and mm. and that black widow says that at some point as well in one of the films in Ultra, um, yeah. previously um which is also he- really heavy stuff and the fact yeah. that ray ray winston you think the casting of ray winston in and of itself is what he represents is apt as a very large imposing older male patriarchal figure from you know the fact that he's cockney as well in real life is it sort of adds to that sort of like menace i guess um yeah. and the fact that he's in charge of the red room and he's done this and he controls the women literally controls them they are attracted and by his scent and mm. they cannot hurt him i think and the fact that he you know he he the way for black widow to actually defeat him is to suffer violence by him to the point that her opt is it the optic nerve or some sort of nerve in her Somewhere nose like is that, yeah. broken i was just re- i was watching it and i was like this is an allegory for misogyny it has mm. to be and mm. how you literally fight back um and the women literally regain their own agency so mm. i think that's uh, i don't know if <laughs> again i've read too much into that but i think it works <laughs> no, i see i see what you're saying I mean, I hope that was the the undertone of it. Yeah, I think that would be quite good. You know, sort of like, yeah, particularly as Scarlett Johansson, I think, produced it and was heavily involved in it. Oh, did she produce it? Good for her. Yeah. Mm. Um, nice little paycheck at the back on the back yeah, end. Yeah. Um, I've um, got quite low phone battery, but okay. I don't know if you want to like hit some of the quickly some of the other cinematic releases that we've been watching, um, yeah. or is there anything else you wanted to discuss about Black Widow? Uh, no, there was only one thing. I was thinking, you know, with the bit where the mum is mind controlling the pig. Yeah. Um, do you think they're going to do anything with that, or do you think that's just we're going to take throw that way after this? Uh, mm. you... I think they probably could. Um, I think they'd probably have to reintroduce it to us, though. It mm. wouldn't be like, oh, that happened in Black Widow. I thought it was also quite interesting how she literally let the pig almost die. Yeah. Um, that said something about her character. Mm. Um. But, also, I thought the bit where where um, Black Widow asks if she's all right, she goes, "I'm clearly injured." I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
cool segue for you. The actress that plays young um, Black Widow is the daughter of Paul W.S. Anderson and Mila Jovich, who oh, right. are the actress and director of Monster, Monster Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, fucking hell. Uh, yeah, quick one on this one. Like, this <laughs> film is bad. It's just... <laughs> It's just, oh, mate. It's, it's just, I can't remember what I wrote about on Instagram. Wait, I need to go back to my Instagram because I've actually forgotten why I think it was shit, but it was just not good. Um, it's like, it's another one of them video game films, isn't it? And, like, it's uh, it's like a crappy version of Godzilla and all them films. Like, And I don't even like Godzilla. Um, and there's just something about films like this where they're like, they're always just like, like fuck dialogue and fuck story just give us cg monsters and we're gonna fight them and we're gonna kill them in cool ways and hopefully the audience will be happy and maybe they were because obviously i didn't play the game so i don't really know i, I don't know any of the law so obviously when characters are showing up i maybe you know i was like oblivious to the significance of them because there was like a fucking live cat with an eye patch and i was like what the fuck is this and yeah it was really it was really odd and yeah the script is bad. Um, what's his face is in it? What's his name? Oh, what's that? Ron Perlman's in it. And he looks fucking ridiculous. Boy, he, he ages terribly, doesn't he? Awfully. Awfully. Just like a baked potato. Like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he's, like a, he's a good actor as well. And he, I was just like, you definitely got the bag for this. Like, fuck, you know, imagine picking this as a project. Um, and yeah, characters in it just... There's one character that, uh, I don't know if you know who Megan Good is, but she plays a character and she literally just disappears. No confirmation whether or not she lived or died. It was so weird. T.I.'s in it. He fucking died. He's shit at acting as well. And <laughs> yeah, oh, mate. Bad film. Bad film. Okay. Wouldn't see a sequel then? What? I mean, it's me, in it? I'll watch everything because I probably would. Presumably they've set one up, right? Yeah, I think they have. Yeah, they have. Yeah, of course yeah. they have. Of course they have. Um... What else is that Megan Good in? I'm sure I've seen her before. Uh, she's in Shazam. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm, Monster Hunter, not good. Would not recommend. Ne- neither was Hitman's Last Bodyguard, if we're being honest. Um, yeah, that film's kind of rubbish as so well. This is the sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard, which was a you know, mildly amusing buddy comedy between Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson mm. from a couple of years ago where... Yeah, the top bodyguard in the world has to bodyguard a hitman. Um, I remember, I don't remember much of it, but I remember being like, yeah, that was enjoyable. This one, he uh, is on sabbatical because Michael Bryce, that is Ryan Reynolds' character, because he's uh, messed up after what um, Sam Jackson's character um, put him through, essentially. Um, But then he gets roped back in by Kincaid's wife, played by Salma Hayek, who is having the time of her life in this film. Um, mm. So, generic stuff about someone's going to try and blow up the world, take nuclear codes, blah, blah, blah. We've seen it all before. It's every Mission Impossible film. Um, mm. Too much swearing in this film, I think. That, that's it. You know, I'm not uh, a prude. I have been known to say the odd F-bomb here and there. But genuinely, this film was just Salma Hayek saying, motherfucker, yeah. in like uh, the 
thickest Spanish accent you can Pussy find. La Cucaracha motherfucker. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Jackson with his classic motherfucker. And yeah. I mean, this film just wasn't very funny. It no. relied on the shouty, uh, sweary kind of dialogue. And, you know, um, just everything exploded for, for no real reason. Um, it just was not enjoyable. I was just sitting there, I was like, oh, I'm so bored. Yeah. Um, so, it was quite yeah. long, I'm sure, as well. I'm sure it was over two hours. No, it was uh, just over 90 minutes. <laughs> I was actually fucking it felt like, didn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> exactly. It, it does drag. And I mean, Antonio Banderas playing a Greek. Like, so that, that was weird. <laughs> I, I was like, you're clearly Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> um, just make him Spanish. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I can see they're going to do another one, aren't they? The hitman's wife's son's bodyguard or something. I mean, yeah. What did you think of the uh, Morgan Freeman being in it? What did you think of his cameo? Oh, my God. I was like, hey, you just need to enjoy the last years of your life, man. <laughs> just <laughs> He looked... I mean, I'm surprised ugh. he's still just like up and running. Like, isn't he like 90 years old? He's oh, no, better he's old. He's 84. He's better old. Yeah, he looks yeah. better old as well. But I mean, he's looked he... old his whole life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, him being Ryan Reynolds' dad was. I was like, I don't know what you're trying to, what the humor is here. But Sam Jackson's reaction was funny. He was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, but and even there was the Boston cop. And their whole yeah. thing, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And the Scottish girl and the woman who they were working for, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, it was just too complicated. Yeah, it was just rubbish. Like, they were oh. just trying to like put loads of different threads in, and I just don't really see why, to be honest. But I was going to quickly say, I found Ryan Reynolds' character like kind of annoying as well. He was so whiny. I was just like, "Oh, I know you're being hard done by, but man, shut the fuck up." You're like, brilliant. Yeah. it's a broken record." The whole film I was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> I think I might be getting a bit of Ryan Reynolds burnout. I agree. I mean, have you seen that um, uh, trailer reaction that he does as Deadpool yeah. with Cork? Yeah. And I think he, he's good as Deadpool, obviously. But when he was when I was watching the trailer for Free Guy, I was like, this could be any number of Ryan Reynolds characters from the last ten years. <laughs> They're just all the same. It's the guy from Six Underground. It's the guy from Hitman's Bodyguard. It's Deadpool. It, it, they are all him. It's and funny because you self-reference that in the, in the in the video as well. But it's like it's true. So yeah, but this is what uh, this is what people frustrates me about self-referential comedy mm. is if you mention the thing that people are thinking, mentioning it doesn't excuse it. The fact that you still do it means that you're just taking us all for mugs. Yeah. But but anyway, yeah, so but I followed that up with nobody, which Chris hasn't got a chance to rebuttal. Um <laughs> uh, the thing is when I do those posts on Instagram, your average critics, you can follow us there. It is very much um hot off the press, hot take. Yeah. Um so maybe maybe reduce everyone by half a star or so but <laughs> but I, really yeah, I, I, just thought, I just thought 8.5 was high yeah i know i i rode that wave and i was like, I was like 
It was, I mean, I saw this after the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, so, you know, chalk and cheese. But Lobody is um, a sort of John Wick-style uh, we, we film, action film. We see Hutch, he's, he's his, the eponymous Nobody. He's like an everyman at the, at the beginning. Well, presents himself as an everyman. Uh, his family get robbed. And he has inertia, he doesn't he has a chance to like hit one of the thieves but doesn't because um i can't quite remember i think he's she's either unarmed sees that the gun's not loaded yeah that's it so he doesn't do anything and then his son's like you're a pussy Mm. and um then he's like right i need to change something about this so he basically it's it's because they take the daughter's kitty cat bracelet Oh yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that he was sort of like a, an assassin for the CIA, um, the auditor, because nobody wanted to see him. Uh, <laughs> he was the worst, like the worst person he could find. And then there's like some plot about Russians and you know money and and that sort of like the plot device for him. And yeah. He targets them. It's basically just him hunting them down. And there's a big fight at the end with um, Christopher Lloyd from. Uh, Back to the Future, who's also very, very old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I mean, I just thought it was really entertaining. So, like all of the the contraptions in the in the final act as well, they were really yeah, well done. Full on, full on Home Alone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bob Odenkirk I thought was really good as Hutch. Um, yeah. He he literally does look like an everyman, doesn't he? So the fact mm. that he's got this like secret past is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely something that um, I would be interested in seeing, like what happens before as well as what happens after um so i think there's definitely franchise potential there but um yeah i just thought it was good action good acting a compelling story um and pretty tight at 90 minutes Um, and in comparison to hitman's last bodyguard it was a fucking masterpiece so um yeah i think 8.5 is high but um i think it's good yeah, just to add on to what you're saying, um, I liked it as well. Not as much as you, but I did like it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are a few things where I was like, this kind of feels like a sequel that we never got an original to. Um, mm. So like, for example, like the brother being on the radio and presumed dead, I was like, what? <laughs> like, can we get some backstory to this, please? Like, I want to know. And like, even him, him obviously being, being uh, what's his face? Uh, Rizzo. Rizzo, that's the one. Um, a black man and obviously they've got a white dad I'm like okay can I know more about you know, is he adopted or is he like, well, what's going on here I, you know, I want to know about that um, yeah and the fact that the dad's also like sick yeah exactly yeah dad's <laughs> sick but like but then I thought I thought it was interesting how the wife knew that Bob Odenkirk was like a sicko mm. apparently, allegedly because I thought mode, she, isn't it? yeah I thought she was going to be like completely in the dark but she knew so she so like she knows that he's on smoke, so I, I, that's why I was wondering why the uh, why their relationship had declined so much. I thought maybe she, she, I thought originally I got the idea that it declined because she thought, oh yeah, this guy's like a, a wimp. He's a like he's not going to stand up for me. Like he's not got any backbone. I thought it was that sort of thing, but she knows what he's on. So yeah, yeah. But maybe it's because he hasn't displayed it and he's just maybe, become yeah. this like pencil pusher. But yeah, maybe yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, good film. I thought it's funny because like one thing I realized watching this film like is like Bob uh, Bob Odenkirk in this film Hutch in this film he's not a hero he's kind of an arsehole <laughs> and I like yeah. that I like that he was formerly an arsehole assassin and he 
stopped being that for a while. Now he's just going back to being a prick. So like, he steals his neighbor's car. Yeah. He fucking um, uh, burns the mafia guy's money, and the mafia guys are coming after him because he beat up the guy's uh, brother. And, yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, right? But did the people who he beat up here, did they do anything yet before him to, or was it implied that they were going to like maybe rape that girl? Was that was that the implication? Or? Yeah, I think they were just harassing her, and he. Okay. I think he just wanted a fight, didn't he? he was Fair, yeah, like, okay. And he just went fucking sick on him and tried to kill. I was yeah. like, I was watching that thinking like, I mean, is this justified? <laughs> so what? You, you killing all these people? <laughs> I mean, there are obvious comparisons to John Wick, and it was the same writer. And the director also did horror, um, Hardcore Henry, which is another very good film. Um, oh, I'm on less than 10% now, so um, we'll wrap this up soon. Um, but I think the difference is, is that I feel like Hutch was a bit more fallible than John Wick in the sense that he was getting injured. He was getting yeah, being the better of. And you could actually, there was points where I was like, this guy might not make it. Um, which I think, whereas John Wick is sort of like, he's always going to get out of it, isn't he? Um, so I sort of liked that as well. It was a element of more. I think it was more grounded, maybe because Bob Odenkirk's a better actor, but um, or has more range, shall we say? But, um, but I would watch a sequel. I would watch a yeah, sequel. definitely, and and a prequel, um, and a prequel. to find out where Rizzo comes into it. Because again, Rizzo's quite a big name for him to, mm. you know, just be a voice for most of it. Mm. Um, I would also say sorry quickly that the um the. the this film has the most on-the-nose soundtrack I've ever <laughs> listened to. And I liked all the songs, so I didn't care. But I was just thinking it, like, they're literally telling you exactly what's going on in the scene through song. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. It works in some cases like that, doesn't it? Whereas, yeah. like, other times, you don't want it to be too on-the-nose. Yeah. Um, um, we don't have time to get into Fast 9, because that would take too long. But yeah. So we'll do that next time. But um, You guys could watch my video on it, which will be coming out soon. Oh yes, definitely. What what have you gone for for the title? I don't know. I haven't got a title uh, yet. <laughs> I haven't got a title yet. You've always got a backup, right? Um, <laughs> but yes, so do look uh, look out for that on our YouTube. Um, we'll be under your average critics. You can also follow us on Twitter uh, at YSC Podcast Seventeen, and um, we're trying to do um, hot take reviews after we've been to the cinema. Um, so that's on our Instagram as well. We'll do a, a post and a story uh, just with the the rating. Uh, we'll give it out of 10. But bear in mind, it's half the press. So up for negotiation. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for listening and tune in next time. Keep it sexy. Oh, shit, that's so funny. I completely forgot. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs>